Thanks for listening to the Dearest Doula podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Sines, and this is episode 58. When you sign up for a Cornerstone Childbirth Education course, you are signing up with an organization that is committed to providing a well-rounded, effective, and unbiased training course. Cornerstone's mission is to engage, inform, and empower. Create change. Become a childbirth educator with Cornerstone today. Welcome, dearest doula community. I am really excited to bring back to the show one of our previous guests, and that is Therese Haikun. So if you haven't already listened to her excellent episode on all about the Two Labor Doula Organization, be sure to check that out, and I'll include the link in our show notes page. But for this one, we're really going to take some time to get to know Therese on more of a personal level and have her speak all about her experience as a birth worker. So without further ado, let's get our introduction in and welcome Therese to the show again. Hi, Natalie. How are you? (laughs) Great. Thank you. Now, just in case this is the first episode with you on that our listeners are tuning into, would you mind giving us just another short introduction? Sure. Um, So my name is Therese Hock-Kuhn, and that's fine. Um, I am the executive director of To Labor, an international doula training organization, but I also have been, um, I'm a mother of six. I um, have been working in birth professionally for uh, over 20 years, close to 25 years now. I've attended births both as a midwife's assistant at home and in the hospital, Um, done probably uh, close to 800 or more births. I stopped counting a long time ago and um, uh, feel really um, grateful that this work was given to me. Beautiful. Well, Therese, as you're aware, this show is created for that new and prospective birth worker. And I know when I first started out, something I had a really hard time with was trying to explain what exactly it is as a, as a doula to people who'd never heard of doulas before. So let's say that you're at a networking party and you've met someone for the first time. How do you explain what it is that you do? Great question and a really hard one because we all get it. What What is a doula? Um, I think, you know, there's so many ways that I might describe it, but I make it really clear first that doulas are not primary care providers. They're not in charge of the health and well-being of the mother and the baby, but we're there to support a woman, her family, if there are other people involved um, through their pregnancy, their labor, their birth, and into the postpartum period with education, which I think is the biggest part of the work of a doula in it during the pregnancy, emotional support, physical support, and helping them learn how to be their own best advocate. Um, I think, yeah, and that I think that's it. Actually, I'll just stop there. <laughs> sure, I think that's a great explanation. <laughs> Well, uh, so something else that I think, and I love asking that because it is such a tough question. And I think that Mm -hmm. a lot of new doulas get really flabbergasted. And and even now, I mean, I've been doing doula work since January, but I still kind of fumble over how I want to to introduce that 
that idea to somebody. And so I think that's really inspiring. And something else that I feel is really inspiring for all these new listeners is to kind of have you share your origin story. So if you wouldn't mind kind of uh, rolling back the clock with us and sharing what you were doing before you were doing birth work, what inspired you to do it? And then if you had anything holding you back, how you made that transition? Okay. Uh, boy, we have to roll back a long time, Natalie. <laughs> um, I had my first uh, daughter, my first child, um, 35 years ago. And that birth just, it was in the hospital in Florida. It was unmedicated. It was just my husband and I, though. Um, we were really left alone, which is both a terrible thing and a wonderful thing um, not to be messed with. Um, it blew me away. It just, I could not believe how perfect it all came together for us to have this baby, that she was born, that I was able to do that. And um, so that was my beginning of my love of birth and the whole experience and breastfeeding was just magnificent. Um, I then had my next child, my first son, in a hospital, I mean, in, at home, I'm sorry, at home in Texas with a midwife there. And that birth just catapulted me into a different place than even my daughter's birth um, did. And it wasn't the home birth, which was beautiful, magnificent, just so uniquely different than having a baby in the hospital, which I just said was a good experience. Um, it was the difference in the quantity and quality of care that I received from my midwife that just changed me. It was so significant. And I had had what I thought was a good obstetrician, but the difference in her care and the, the quantity of it, let alone the quality of it, was just profound to me. Um, she actually asked me, if I wanted to start working with her in birth. And that was not in my mind in any way. It just, I it never occurred to me to do anything like that. And I turned her down because I had a little, I had two little ones. Um, I ended up having another child with her as well. And again, it was just such a beautiful and unique experience. I then moved away and we moved to New Jersey where I, became pregnant again, and I um, chose a midwife there that was um, wonderful as well. And so I was really fortunate because I was getting another view from a different midwife, but seeing the same quantity and quality of care, had a beautiful birth with that child. We then moved to Richmond, Virginia, and uh, I was pregnant again, and my uh, I um, hired a midwife in Richmond um, who was really like probably the most well-rounded of all the midwives I have had. Um, but just you know the quantity and quality again was what was standing out to me during the pregnancy. The little aside to that. Uh, birth story was um, that child ended up being born it's a whole other story but being born in a hotel in on a little island in Maryland um, uh, and my I did actually have a midwife come and attend me 
who was magnificent in her care of me. Um, and then finally, my last daughter was born at home in Richmond with that midwife that I had originally planned on having. And, you know, it was just each birth brought me deeper into not only myself, but into birth work. I, I didn't, but with no intention of doing birth work, what I ended up being part of was a home birth support group in Richmond, and I became the leader of it, and I wrote a, a newsletter every month, and I or helped organize meals for people in the postpartum, and I did a lot of, um, before postpartum doulas was a profession, I, I was doing postpartum care for women and families, especially those who had losses or special circumstances. and. Um, when my daughter was one years old, who is now 24, um, my midwife, Nancy, um, asked, called me up and said, hey, can you help me? I'm at a birth. I need some help. And um, I just wanted to know if you could come. And from that moment on, I started going to births with her on a regular basis. Like every month, I was doing like five births a month. And it just totally blew me away because I never thought that that's what I would be doing. It wasn't like I asked to do it. I didn't set out to do it. I just was given this magnificent opportunity. Um, so as a result of that, people who wanted, she did home births, but also hospital births. Some people um, uh, started hiring me independently to do hospital births with them as a, a birth assistant. We didn't even say doulas back then. It wasn't a word that we used. And I was the only person in my big city who was doing this work. And so I was swamped with work. And again, it wasn't something I was pursuing as a business. It just was happening for me. And as the years evolved, that's what happened. And the same thing with the workshop um, teaching the workshops for Alice, which was what the, who the organization was before it was to labor. I took the workshop in 1996 after having been doing birth work for five years. I just thought, well, let me see what this is. And, and I had been a part of informed home birth, birth and parenting, which is what who Alice was before. Anyway, I took the workshop and at the end of the workshop, I was thrilled because I felt so affirmed by what I um, what I learned that weekend was I was doing the work the way they thought was a good idea for me to be doing the work. Um, it wasn't that I learned so much, it was that I was affirmed. And at the end of it, the instructor asked me if I'd like to start teaching workshops, which totally blew me away because I that was the furthest thing from my mind. I, I just stood and looked at her like she was joking. And <laughs> that set me on this course of then being given the opportunity. I've trained, um, and I hate to use that word, I facilitated probably 4,000 um, wow. people through these years in workshops, which and then attended probably 800 births. It just totally not, it just came to me. I didn't ask, it just came. So I don't know if that happens to many people, but that that's my story. And it was my it was my children though who I saw the importance of how you are treated 
and how to treat them that I didn't not want this to happen in some aspect of my life. I was an activist and birth became the activism that I put it into. Beautiful. Well, it sounds like you really kind of just bloomed into this work. And if you don't mind me saying, it seems like it was definitely calling you for quite a while and slowly pulling you in. Now, something yeah. I'm, I'm wondering and that I feel is a really common pain point with a lot of these prospective birth workers is that many of us are mothers and, and do have children yep. and especially little ones. And I do feel like that's something that I oftentimes hear is, is this point of resistance as well. I, I really love this work, but I don't know how to make it work while having my little ones at home. So if you could speak for just a moment on how that transition, how you were able to to make that work with your family, if there's any practical tips that you can think of or just reflecting back on 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 how you made it work, I think would be really inspiring too. It's such a, one of the most important questions, Natalie, and one of the most difficult ones to answer because everybody's different and everybody's an individual and in how they will handle this. I am, you know, I, I'm an example of that it can work. Um, I had six children, the youngest being one years old and the oldest being 12. So there was a lot. I had a big life. Um, mm -hmm. For me, it worked because my husband at the time was a freelance um, mural artist and he therefore didn't have a set schedule. So I was able to mainly initially pull on him to be available but that wasn't always easy period because he also had deadlines himself and i didn't have family and friends in the community to help support me so it was really it took a lot of energy to figure out um who would i have there if he couldn't be there and was it worth having somebody else there and you know, sometimes I did, I pulled on neighbors and they were awesome. Sometimes I hired a babysitter. Um, but bottom line to me, I guess, without going into all of my stuff, was I, I want people to do this work, but I don't want them to do it um, forsaking their own children and their own life. Like, one thing I say at every workshop is, if you are not showing up in your own life, then you can't do this work. If you're showing up in everybody else's life but not your own, then you can. You have to step away from doing birth work for a while. Um, wait. I mean, to me, if you are struggling leaving your baby, then you shouldn't be doing birth work. If you are trying to figure out how to, you're crying at a birth because you know your baby's at home, you shouldn't be doing birth work right now. Doesn't mean you can't do it in the future. And there's so many other ways to do birth work. Um, you can support people through meals, like I, I did at times, you know. You can help organize events. And then as your child, you grow, your family gets more accustomed, you can work your way back into doula work. I have taken time off in the uh, 23 years that I've been doing birth work professionally, because I started attending births before that even, but um, there have been times in my life when I've taken a hiatus. I've stepped back because there was a specific situation, especially with my oldest daughter, 
where I knew I needed to be with her and our family, not going off doing other things um, like birth work. So it's balancing your life out um, and really trusting your intuition and not letting other people tell you it's impossible or or you shouldn't be doing that. It's like it is possible, mm-hmm. but should That's you awesome. be doing that? Right. Yeah. Okay, thank you for that. Now, we've gotten to touch a lot on your origin story, and I'm really excited to share that with our listeners. And this is really an abbreviated version compared to um, you sharing your story on the Two Raised Questions Jula podcast. So if our listeners are interested in hearing in even greater depth all about your um, your gradual uh, you know, coming into doula work, then they're highly recommended to check out Two Raised Questions Doula Podcast episodes 13 and 14. And we'll be sure to include mm-hmm. that in the show notes page as well. So now we're going to kind of shift over um, something that really doesn't even need to be said, but but that I do like to touch on is that we all know that birth work isn't all sunshine and daisies, or as another guest put it, uh, rainbows and unicorns. It really does have its moments of struggle. And that is something that I'd hate to gloss over for these new and prospective doulas. And we do want to give them a small dose of what the reality can be like facing these struggles as birth workers, but then also more importantly, going into how we overcome them. So if there's a time that you could share with us where you really struggled with with being a doula um, and how you overcame that struggle, I think we'd love to hear that. Yeah, I think probably, and I make this really, really clear at workshops as well, I think the worst part about being a doula, hands down, and I think anybody who does this work would agree, is being on call. I think it's just really hard not to know when you're going to be called out, and that's bad enough, but on top of that, how long you will be gone and how to negotiate your life around that. And so it is something that people, again, I you do, you can figure it out, but it is, I feel like to be so transparent about this work we have to talk about, that is to me is the biggest struggle, is how, how do I negotiate that my family wants to go to the beach today, but that's an hour and a half away and I have somebody who's due, should we? I be going to the beach and run the risk of missing the birth? And is that, you know, I have a commitment? Or do I let my family go without me? Or do I disappoint every, you know, those, that's to me the most difficult thing. But using my own experiences, I feel like it's doable, learning how to really have conversations with the people you love, the people you care about in your life. Like, how important is this event to you? Um, You know, and I had to go to six children to ask them how important each event was to them. Like, if they wanted me to be going on a field trip with them, I didn't want to say no to them, but I didn't want to say yes and then possibly um, miss it. So, you know, did I definitely need to go on this or could I have one, uh, some, one of their other family members go with them instead? Um, or did I absolutely need to have my backup for that day? I honestly can say that this isn't for me, but I see this in other doulas. Disappointment in the outcomes, that the birth didn't happen the way they wanted it to happen for 
for the client. And the client, they, they either so invested in that. And it's learning again, as I've already said, is letting your ego go. It, it's not about you. And it's about what did you provide to them during that? I have a true belief that I think what can help all of us as birth workers is remembering that your presence makes that birth a better birth experience than had you not been there, no matter what the outcome is. Um, so I think on call probably though, Natalie, is the, the biggest struggle of being a birth worker that I see for my, still for myself. I hate, hate being on call. I hate it. Yet here I've done birth work for all these years and been on call almost consistently for all these years. So, and I've had other jobs also besides being a mother. So it's a, it's a dance. It's a dance, but if it's important to you, you'll figure it out. And if, if it's important to your family to step back for a little bit, you need to figure that out as well. Perfect. Thank you for sharing those. I think those are two, like you already said, very common pain points mm -hmm. among birth workers that we hear oftentimes during this segment of the interview mm -hmm. is the struggle of being on call, but then almost always it's that struggle with separating your ego from that birth outcome. And that's something that I feel that a lot of birth workers um, feel that they they understand in theory, but then when they come upon that particular birth or that particular circumstance, they find themselves shaken. And it is something that uh, I think in some ways you, you really do have to go through and learn from experience to, to separate then than you can more so just really talking about it. I think so, you're right. So great. Thank you for highlighting those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of moving on to the flip side. What I'd like you to do is just like you did with your origin story, you know, rolling back that clock, however far we need to, to take us to a particular moment in time where you felt uh, a really life affirming or affirming moment as a birth worker. We like to call this the movie moment here on the show, but really more simply put, this is just a time where you were working with clients and you experienced a moment of thinking to yourself, this, this moment, this is why I do what I do. I was meant to be doing this kind of work. So if you could take us to a time like that and just share that with us, I think we'd love to hear that. Gosh. Oh my God. That's too, uh, I, it I don't know. I feel that so. I feel that every birth I go to, I honestly, I think I must have felt it the first time I went was, oh my God, this is so important. What could be more, to me, the most important job on this planet? If somebody chooses to have a baby, and I don't care if people have babies or not, if they choose to have a baby, what job could be more important than growing that baby and raising that baby? And the next one would be, witnessing that and helping somebody feel that love and compassion and that safe space around them. And I, I got that at my own birth experiences and then to see it in the first birth that I went to. I mean, I still remember that woman's name, you know, her name was Marie and that child now is like 23 years old or, or so. It just, um, feeling like, Oh my God, this is, this is what this is all about. But I feel that way. All these births, every birth, all these births, this many years later, the same way, like, why would I not do this work? I mean, 
what a what a gift really hard work really hard work doing birth work but to see that baby emerge even when it wasn't the way everybody anticipated that baby but knowing that that family felt supported and then just love that baby i just i that's it that's it for me that's my that's my continual moving and I, mm-hmm. I i just feel so strongly in activism that this is my you know alice walker said it and i never quote her exactly right but doing active being an activist is my way of paying rent for being a citizen of this planet so this is my my way of activism that was beautifully said. Thank you so much. And, you know, that is one of my favorite parts in asking this question is that so often um, my the response is every single time, every single client, every single birth, there's something to to cherish and to to really honor and respect from these experiences. We're being called to something so beautiful and, and even sacred, I think many people would agree with um, when we are going into these birth experiences. So I just I kind of love asking this question because I hear that answer mm-hmm. almost always. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love that. And to me, I, so we're kind of moving. Oh, I, I just want to say it is sacred. And I think people should, no matter what sacred means to anybody, it's not religion. It's there's a sacredness that about every experience. And that's what you can bring into a birth is that sacredness. So Sorry. Right. Oh, no, no trouble. Well, before we move forward, we're going to take a moment just to get in a quick word from our sponsors. Cornerstone Doula Trainings is excited to announce their upcoming Childbirth Educator Certification Retreat, which will be taking place in July of 2016 in the gorgeous Ojai, California. In this seven-day retreat, registrants will have the opportunity to make long-lasting friendships, have access to trainers and mentors one-on-one all week long, enjoy organic chef-prepared meals daily, and take in the beauty of their surroundings, all while gaining a trusted and credible certification as a childbirth educator. Developed by a doula and home birth midwife, the Cornerstone Method draws upon many years of combined direct service experience to provide a system that works for all families, regardless of structure, identity, and birth setting. So create change and become a childbirth educator with Cornerstone today. Space is limited. Be sure to register at cornerstonedoulatrainings.com. That's cornerstonedoulatrainings.com. All right, so we're moving into the nitty-gritty segment for the birth worker feature. And so, Therese, I'd like to ask you, what would you consider your biggest strength as a birth worker? Ooh, I guess my biggest strength is knowing my place and knowing my place from my perspective is to create that safe space for somebody, to bring in that sacredness, to bring in that holiness of this experience to, um, I know how to be. I know how to be very present for someone during their experience. And I'm not a cell phone texter. Uh, I do all those things, but not at a birth. I'm just there for you. I'm, I, I think that's my biggest strength. I bring in that safe, compassionate 
piece of birth work that should always be present, but isn't always present. Beautiful. What would you consider your biggest weakness as a birth worker? I guess my biggest weakness is seeing people mistreated um, hurts me on a deep, deep level, not just for that person, but for everybody out there in the world who gets hurt. And it's sometimes that um, knife that I walk around with during the birth and then have to pull out and say, oh, but this is your job, is to help them feel um, safe and um, cared for. So I guess that's my weakness. It's, yeah. What is one thing that has you inspired right now? Well, I think, gosh, I, here's what inspires me right now. Um, I've been part of birth work for so long and it's been, it's gotten worse instead of better. And for the very, very first time in, a, uh, in almost two decades, I have more hope right now that things could really change where we really, the, that the pendulum is swinging back to the um, human aspect of birth and maybe a bit further away from the technocratic way of doing birth. That gives me hope um, more than ever. Yeah. Perfect. What is one personal habit that you feel keeps you on your A game? I, I used to say it would be coffee, <laughs> but I gave up coffee. <laughs> um, I drank coffee around the clock, um, and now I don't. Um, I think just I'm a true believer in listening to people's stories, and I think I hear people's stories all over this world from whether they be birth-related or life-related in other ways. I know more about people and my partner, Paul, who says, I just don't, you know some, I said, people just tell me their stories. I So I think that's, I'm a good listener. Awesome. And um, what is one internet resource that you'd like to recommend, such as evidence-based birth or, or anything like that? Um, I The list is so long, Natalie. You mentioned evidence-based birth. I think that's a great source of information. I think I used to recommend, and I still think it's a good source, is going to midwiferytoday.com, and it will take you to all uh, periodicals around the world. It's a good resource. And the Cochrane database. Awesome. This sounds like some great resources. What is one book that you would recommend to the Dearest Doula community and why? Gosh. Okay. I don't have a title, perhaps, but I think if you really want to do this work, because I believe this is a, a social justice issue, it's not just about attending births, it's about social justice, that this is not just a human right, it's a civil right. My recommendation is to read books about the civil rights movement. Um, an excellent book is called The Children, and I think any book about the civil rights movement, because I think that's how we need to look at birth, is this is a civil right, this is social justice, and that's, yeah, so that would be my book recommendations. Great. Now, let's see. 
Next question. Oh, what is one item that you would consider your must-have as a doula? This can be anything from a copy of your favorite birth book to a, a birth ball and anything in particular. Um, your heart and your hands and your ears. That's beautiful. And Okay, so the next question is big one. It's kind of a doozy. Let's say you woke up tomorrow in a completely new town. Now your food and shelter are taken care of and you have $300. What steps would you take in the next 10 days to build your business? Mm. Huh. Um, I probably would get some business cards and I would start handing them out, like, or I guess wouldn't hand them out. I would start putting them up on bulletin boards. I'd start doing research about who I might want to connect with, childbirth educators, midwives, um, la leche league, breastfeeding, yoga instructors, massage therapists, chiropractors, daycare centers, everyone and anyone. And I would just start putting the my name out there. Um, I would yeah, connect with real people. Um, and start talking about who I was and what I had to offer and if they knew of anyone who wanted uh, to talk to me about pregnancy, labor, birth, postpartum, I was available to talk to. I don't think it takes a lot of money. I'm not a, I, I probably would want to consider maybe quickly putting up a website, but that's not my forte. I know that that's a good way to probably spend a little bit of money to get your name out there as well. But I think it's word of mouth more than anything that I would do to get my name known. Perfect. Now, I know you've already shared with us one great quote, and that was the Alice Walker quote. So before we end today, are there any um, parting pieces of guidance that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Yeah, and this is a tough one. This is about the business aspect of it. I think there's a lot of information out there currently that is very different than what I where I come from as a long, long involved birth worker. I mean, we're talking really 35 years of being involved in birth. Um, this isn't about the money. It's about care and compassion. And that is not to underplay in any way or be misunderstood that I don't think you should be paid. I think you absolutely are valuable, so you should get paid. But if you're coming into this just because you want to make a business, I want you to really consider maybe other work. And that is not said with judgment, that's said with a lot of heartfelt thought, that this work is really about helping people transform and transition into a whole new way of living and life. And you should get paid for that. Absolutely, you are so valuable. But if your whole motivation is to make money or the bigger part of you is to make money, Please consider if this is the right work for you because it's, it shouldn't be about the money. It should be about the people first and the money comes to you. And I still do free births. I still do um, barters and payment plans and full price births. But I want to meet a person where they are and offer that kind of care to them because it may be the only time that they feel that somebody really cared about them. And they'll give it back to other people. And that money will come to you in many other ways. I can speak to that very clearly in my life. And so that's my parting 
Perfect. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, the Dearest Doula community truly believes that what you do matters. So if you wouldn't mind just sharing the best way we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. If you, anybody wants to connect with me directly, they can email me at tolabor at gmail.com. They want more information about to labor, they can email to labor workshops at gmail.com or to labor membership. Now, unfortunately, the audio cut out in the middle of Therese telling us all about the different ways you can connect with them, but I'd like to fill in those blanks. As she already mentioned, you can connect with them by going to tolabor at gmail.com. That's T-O-L-A-B-O-R at gmail.com. You can also email tolabor at tolaborworkshops at gmail.com or go to tolabormembership at gmail.com. You can also access their website directly by going to tolabor.org. And don't forget to check out their amazing doula podcast, which is Two Rays Doula Podcast, which you can find on iTunes. Well, thank you so much for coming on today's episode as well. And um, the Dearest Doula community will be able to find links to everything of value that you mentioned today by going to dearestdoula.com, clicking that podcast button and finding your name in the archives or by simply entering Therese, which is spelled T-H-E-R-E-S-E in the search bar to have your show notes page pop right up. So Therese, again, it was always such a pleasure and an honor having you on the show. And the Dearest Dula community sends you a warm hug. Now we're all one step closer to being connected, educated, and empowered. Have a great day. Thanks, Natalie.